0: that's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. PDW Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How many fish in our stringer? How many points on our buck? How many feathers in our bag? That's how we keep score around here. Sportsmen and women of all skill levels. Let's disconnect from the day-to-day grind and stay connected to the outdoor activities that you and your family love. This is the Doug Pike Show, brought to you by Stubb Cycles, still rolling strong after 50 years, and by Fishing Tackle Unlimited and Shimano, the best fishing partners you can have. Now,
2: here's Doug Pike. Sunday morning, kicks off now. I don't have a line in the water. I don't have decoys out in front of me. I'll just have to muddle through with what I have. I have this microphone. Does that work? Does that help? I'll clear that. Clear that. Clear that. One piece of junk mail. Uh, and indeed it is. That's good. The email starts out fresh this morning. You can be first. You may not be best, but you can be first to shoot something over this way. Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Oh, I need to put a little note here to talk about those again today. All right, there we go. So yesterday afternoon, uh, a, a bunch of old friends gathered to to send off, if you will, uh, one of my best friends in the world, Jack Horseman, who passed away on the 14th of this month. Uh, we We met and we talked and we shared stories. And every person in that room, in some way, shape, or form, had been a, a good friend, I don't know that Jack had any casual friends, he didn't uh, He didn't let it stop at that. He He wanted to know about you, wanted to know what made you happy, what made you sad, what made you tick, how he could help you in any way, shape, or form. Anything he had was yours if you needed it. I did get a chance to visit with his son, Paul, and the interesting thing that came out of that, he said, by the way, I've got something for you. Really? Okay what my I, I couldn't figure out what in the world that <clears throat> that he could have come up with that had he just had set aside that's got to go to doug and if you recall from this past week I told a story about playing golf with jack and how I had introduced him to the game and tried to get him to play for years he just wasn't interested at all we fished and hunted a lot together I played golf and he didn't and he finally started playing the game and, and I started getting in his pocket and betting with him a little bit and taking his money. And he didn't like that a lot. So he got better at golf and better at golf, and then he started getting into my pocket. So I got into his head. I realized that if I could if I could just pick at his brain a little bit and plant these seeds of of doubt, maybe plant you sure that's enough, Club, for this shot? When's a little picked up a little jack? You sure that putt's gonna break that far? As he would line something up. I messed with him a little bit and he didn't like it. And he came up with a solution. And that solution showed up one morning at a tea time. He walked up, and instead of just being annoyed by me talking, he had cut me out altogether. He had gone and bought a Sony Walkman and had his little headphones on. And Thus, could not hear a word I was saying. Or even if he could, he feigned that he couldn't. And he made some money off me that way because then I couldn't get back in his head. He could just focus on his golf game. Just focus on his golf game. And I told Paul, yep, that's what Paul had for me is that little Sony Walkman that Jack had used to to outfox the fox, if you will. And that meant a whole lot to me. I'll, I'll hold on to that thing. That That's a pretty cool thing to have for me. That'll, that'll remind me of Jack every time I see it. I'm going to put it someplace where I can see it all the time. And I may bring it to work and put it someplace where people will ask questions. Hey, what is that, man? And I'll tell them the story. Yeah, I told Paul that whatever Jack paid for that thing originally, he made back off of me. And then some, I'm sure. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iheartmedia.com. Your assignment last week was to call some friends. It was a reminder. Jack's passing was a reminder for me to tell you the importance of good friends and the importance of staying in touch with them. There were a lot of things that Jack and I were going to do one day and that now we can't. So just just do that for me, will you? I ran into a couple of guys it was interesting yesterday at this celebration of his life. I ran into a couple of guys who had heard me talk about that this past week. One guy said, yeah, I called four guys that I haven't talked to in years. Called four guys I haven't talked to in years. Brilliant. Good Good on you. Way to go. Now stay in touch with them. A couple of them. Came, yeah, I called some friends. I heard from some friends. On and on and on. It went very well. I was I was very pleased to hear that people were doing that. One of my old friends, Mike Willie, said, man, why don't we ever talk anymore? I said, I don't know, man, but we got to fix that. And we do. And we'll start going fishing. We'll be the old guys out there now. That's the fun part about about reaching the age I've reached. Is that when you go fishing in places, especially a lot of the the guys there yesterday do a lot of wade fishing. Do a lot of just walk-in wade fishing. No fancy boats, no nothing. Just walk-in wade fishing. And there are always young people around. And the young people always, as we did then, Kind of look at the old guys. I go, well, what do they know? You know, how, how how can they outfish us? And it's so fun as one of the not so young guys to walk in on these kids and outfish them. So that will be our mission this summer. If you see two or three old guys wade in, one of them may be me. And you better have your A game if you're one of these youngsters. You better have your A game with you. 713-212-579. Email me Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. I mentioned yesterday. Uh, Mojo weighed in. Good morning, Mojo. Number one. Well, no, no. Carl beat you in. Sorry. What is Carl? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is something we touched on briefly yesterday, and I want to bring it up. I want to bring it up. Carl weighs in. I'm 50 years old. Got my first 20 gauge H and R single shot at eight years old. He's probably still got that gun too, I'd bet. Ducks, doves, squirrels, and anything else that moved. Of course, I moved up to an 870. Never ever used hearing protection. I work in refineries now. It's required there. Too late for me. I have some hearing loss, but I can help educate young people. Yeah, we'll take a second for that. I too made way too many trigger pulls with no hearing protection as a younger man. Didn't think it would ever bother me. Didn't think it would ever be a problem, but it's becoming a problem. I can assure you when I put on a pair of headphones, as I have on now to do this show, turn up the volume a little bit so I can tell you where it is. The normal set of ears, a normal pair of ears, if you put headphones on and you have equal volume being pumped into each ear, the sound should appear to emanate where? In the middle of your head, right? The sound should, those, those sounds should meet in the middle of your head. Mine meet, oh, let's say if my left ear is one and my right ear is ten, the sound should be at around five. Well, mine's more like at around six, six and a half. Leans over a little bit toward my right ear more because the left ear isn't as good as it used to be. The story I've told a couple of times about that is years ago when Shannon Tompkins, Joe Doggett, and I were all three writing for the newspaper. I received in the mail a hearing tester. Here, try this out. It's a little battery-powered thing, look about the size of a pen, a little battery-powered thing. You push the end, you, you poke the other end in your ear, and if you hear a tone, you've got good ears. If you don't hear the tone, you should have your hearing checked. I handed it to Joe Doggett. He put it in his left ear, pushed the button, put it in his right ear, pushed the button, handed it back. He said, it's broken. No, I don't think it was broken. Handed it to Shannon. Checked his left ear, checked his right ear, nothing. Shannon kind of raised an eyebrow, as he was inclined to do from time to time. "Mm, Maybe I'll get my hearing checked, I'm sure he thought to himself. I had my right ear, I could actually hear the tone. My left ear, nothing. So out of six ears, we had one that worked. The recurring theme for all of us is that we shoot a lot. And we shot a lot as young guys with no hearing protection. If you are anywhere near young still and new to shooting or, or you've been shooting a long time, whatever it is, stop shooting without hearing protection. If you like being able to hear the ducks coming in, if you like being able to hear the deer tippy-toeing through the woods, get yourself some of those electronically enhanced earmuffs and wear those. You can hear, well, there's a lot of things you can hear, but the one I'm going to tell you about, you can hear a pin drop, okay, from a long ways off. If you wear those things, you'll feel like the deer are stomping on potato chips when they're coming at you when you have those on and you have them turned up. But when you shoot, the hard, harsh, strong sound gets stopped before it gets to your ears and messes them up. Even just the little foam earplugs. If you're out on a duck or goose hunt and somebody else is doing the calling and you just want to protect your ears, shove those foam plugs in your ears. Protect your hearing, for goodness sakes. Same way you protect your eyes. Eyes and ears. Every time my son shoots, eyes and ears. Got to protect them both. We'll talk to David here. What's up, David? Yeah,
3: Doug, you're talking about ears. I'm sure you're like me. We blew our ears out back in the 70s listening to Aerosmith and well, there, Peter there Yeah, yeah
2: front headphones. row tickets, baby. Woo, here we go. and You could just feel your eardrums being blown apart, man.
3: Well, and also the headphones. You know, we all had headphones. And yes. Crank those babies up. We we wanted it as loud as the concert in our e- ear, uh, in our ears.
2: Yeah. Well, we had cars and rolled up the windows too. At least, at least the kids now rolled down the windows and let everybody hear their music. We kept it That's in dope. the car, man.
3: What I called about? You made a comment yesterday, right at the end of the show, about movies, and it got me to thinking about my favorite hunting and throw it a topic out here, throw it into the sure points my favorite hunting related movie and I guess it would have to be for a long time I'm sure a lot of guys like Jeremiah Johnson yeah but the revenant and and when, every time I watch the revenant I want to go load every gun in my house with as many bullets as I can because <laughs> I, I realize how how vulnerable those guys were back yeah. in those days I mean you had one bullet you know one shot
2: yeah pretty much how's it buddy That was it. uh, You better be able to shoot, and you better be able to stay calm under pressure, because that was it.
3: And how we really, people at that time, when the repeating rifle came out, Mm -hmm. how they abused, I mean, the repeating rifle is probably why the the major contributors to why the buffalo herds uh, were decimated like they were. Oh, no
2: question. No question.
3: And how when you know we we really are very, we're not we don't have a good legacy of being good stewards of technology when it becomes available to us.
2: Well, that's a good so, point.
3: Anyway, I'll hang up and listen. That All should right. be enough to help us get going. To yeah,
2: play. that'll prime the pump. Thank you, David. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. Yeah, that's a very good point. When you start looking at single shot rifles as your only means of gathering food or defending yourself. One shot, bang, a miss, doggone it. The entire herd of buffalo is running away while you stop to reload. By the time you reload, even if you're really good at it, that herd of buffalo is well out of range probably. Well out of range. The repeating rifle for a bunch of guys on horseback, Made it where they could just go drop them like flies. Get off four or five shots very quickly. Ride along with the herd. Now, I don't know how easy it is. You see it all the time on television in the old westerns, guys shooting off galloping horses. I'm not sure exactly how accurate that would be or how often that truly happened. Because even with the repeating rifle, you have to remember that ammunition was not cheap. And it was not readily available. You couldn't just run down to the corner store and buy yourself a box of ammo. You'd have to go into town. Well, first of all, there was no corner store. You'd have to go buy yourself a box of ammo in town. And that box had to last you a while. And it cost you an arm and a leg, whatever that was worth back then. Pretty interesting. The Sharps. Dennis says, was the cause of the Buffalo demise. Yeah. You start adding accuracy and repeating repeaters, uh, slam dunk. Slam dunk. 713 212 Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Let me see if I've got one little. I wonder if I have enough leftover fun facts to know and tell to give one in each break on a two-hour program. It's possible. Mm. Oh, no, that's not any good. Did that one yesterday. The fun one from yesterday was the millennials. Millennials are spending hundreds of dollars on consultants to help keep their plants alive because they don't know how. If you don't know how to keep a plant alive, ask someone. That was a I said the word ask in about nine syllables. Ask someone older than what, 30? Ask your ask your parents. Ask someone. Or, as Dan pointed out yesterday, learn how we did. Go buy yourself a pack of seeds. See what you can do about that. I've got a corner of my yard, uh, as a quick aside, a corner of my yard where you could just walk by it and just drop a package of seeds on the ground, and the next morning there would be plants growing. It's the most fertile piece of ground in Fort Bend County. I'm convinced of that. Everything we've ever put back there grew as though it were as though it were just just swaddled and, and flooded with magic g- hormone growing stuff. I have no idea. we eat the stuff out of the garden. it's not that bad. I will start as we often do with a word for my friends at Shipley Donuts, serving up deliciousness, that's a word they coined. Deliciousness for 80 something years now. Five dozen locations. I am staring at a Shipley donut bag as we speak. We, My son and I go by there every morning on the way in here. Still the best donut in town. Many, many competitors have come and gone. They try. They try to infiltrate Shipley country, but the brand is too well established because it's just that good. If you've never eaten a Shipley donut, welcome to town. Go get some. Five dozen selections, each as good as the others, and some of the best coffee ever to cross your lips. Stop by Shipley anytime. It's on the way to everywhere. Get yourself a cup of that delicious fresh coffee and a couple of boxes. Hey, go make some friends today. A couple of boxes of your favorite donuts from Shipley. We'll take a little break here. Be right back 817.
1: This is Sports Talk 790, online at Sports790.com. Now, more Doug Pike. 8.22 on Sports Talk 790.
2: The seed was planted earlier. What is your favorite outdoors-related movie? Outdoors related, we won't limit it to to hunting necessarily. Hunting, fishing, surfing, camping, skiing. So leave the golf movies out of this category, I think, because that's that's a different genre altogether. But what about what about something that focused at least a good bit of its time on the out of doors? 713 212 Email me, Doug Pike, at iHeartMedia.com. Cliff, what do you think, man?
4: What's going on,
2: Doug? How you been? I'm doing fine. Thank you.
4: That's awesome, man. Hey, uh, one of my favorites was when back when I was a kid, White Hunter Blackheart.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember With Clint that. Eastwood. Mm-hmm. How could you go yeah, wrong well no. with Clint Eastwood, huh?
4: You can't. I mean, he's a, he's an American classic.
2: <laughs> Him and John Much Way. like you and
4: myself. Yeah.
2: If he and John Wayne had gotten together and gone on a duck hunting movie, that would have been pretty cool, I'm sure.
4: But there would have been no duck safe. (laughs) There'd be no ducks left.
2: No ducks left. That's funny.
4: Exactly. And um, as far as getting back to your uh, getting in touch with old friends and stuff, I took it to heart and uh, called up one of my buddies I hadn't talked to in five years. Good. How's he doing? uh, Oh, he's doing great. Matter of fact, probably going to be doing something come uh, Memorial Day.
2: There you go. See, see how this works. This is great, man. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, y'all yeah, take it easy, Doug. Y'all have a good uh, rest of your weekend. Thank you, Cliff. Yeah, you too, buddy. Yeah, I got to, I got to talking yesterday at the uh, at the service. We were uh, there was a slideshow, a slide presentation going on, and all these pictures of Jack with all these ducks and geese and and trout that he had caught over the years with a lot of good friends, and the one somebody. Somebody said something, and it, I kind of giggled about it, but, man, there's almost a, a tiny little ring of truth. Said, you know, since since Jack has passed, maybe now the Parks and Wildlife Department can rethink having to drop our limit to ten to, or from 10 to 5 trout up here. That guy and his friends, he was as good a wade fisherman in the surf, as good a surf fisherman as anybody I've ever known. He and his uh, brother Mark, were there were a lot of places they fished and up and down the beachfront they knew exactly when to walk into the water exactly where and what to throw and they drove me crazy with pictures of trout they'd caught from the surf hey man we went back this morning here's what we did hey man we were there yesterday hey man we're going tomorrow too bad you have to work oh and then about in the middle of the show somewhere like about nine nine thirty I'd get that photograph. There it was. Two limits of trout. Nice, big, fat, speckled trout. Mm. Yeah, he was pretty good. Richard, what's up, buddy? Hey,
4: uh, I wanted to call. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, I sir. To tell you, uh, I, I call in every so often. I, I'm a terrible caller. I've <laughs> told you that before in the past. I, I know I am. So I'll make it real
0: quick. Oh, stop
2: it. Don't, uh, don't I, undersell I, yourself. Come on, man. All right.
4: I enjoy your show. Thank uh, you. I'm sure all the other listeners do as well. You 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 seem real down to earth and a, and a pretty good guy, and I, I I appreciate what you do. But well, thank a, you, man. A, a favorite movie. and I don't know if you'd really consider this an outdoor movie or not, but where the red Farm grows. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to see if anybody else out there heard this. If they had it, if they they agreed or disagreed. And I, I got one more comment before I hang out. Okay. Up. And, and maybe, maybe if you don't mind, comment on it just a little bit. You know the, the TV show that comes on uh, Animal Planet, I think, uh-huh. Long, Star, Long Star, Law.
2: Yeah, I love those things.
4: Okay, I do too. Yes, yeah, obviously, it's about Texas tech, tech Game Wardens. The I think, I hope the show, since uh, it's come out, has has gave the Game Wardens for the people that watch a little bit of a better reputation because to some people, they think Game Wardens are are like just the most hideous law enforcement. People there are, but the bottom line is, if you if you don't break the law, the encounters I've had with the, the game wardens, they've been some of the nicest guys you could ever meet in your entire
2: life. Absolutely, they are. There's nothing nothing wrong with the game warden. When I was guiding Richard, we had game wardens walk into the spreads all the time, and I remember distinctly every now and then somebody in the group would go, "Oh no, here's a game warden." It's like, "What do you mean, oh no? What 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 do you have to hide?" You know. Just right, let the guy right. come in, let him do his business, check everybody's license, check your plugs, and then out they go. And most of the game wardens who worked at Katy Prairie that we knew out there had no problem coming in. If they were in the spread and checking us for violations and geese were coming low toward the decoys, they'd get in and say, hey, man, check out check out over at 3 o'clock here, there's four snows coming in. And right, we, right. you know, they'd hunker down in their gold green uniform and – We'd call him and shoot the geese, and then, and then he'd get back to checking licenses and stuff. It was no big deal to those guys. As long as you're, just like you said, as long as you're not breaking the law, they're your best friend. And, and it, I'll
4: say this, and I will hang up. It, a lot of times, even if you do break the law,
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No
1: purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If,
4: if you do it because of, because of ignorance, I remember one time when I was in high school, we we were breaking the law, but we didn't know we were breaking the right. law at Right. And the game warden could just could tell. You know, we weren't trying to hide anything. We were completely uh, caught off guard that what we were doing with yeah. against the law. And, and we got a warning. Yep. I mean, it went, it went like, you know, you, you hear about the game warden, you know, like, he's got to take your guns. He's got to... It's gonna. Uh, uh, I've heard you know stories that you won't be able to hunt for the rest of your life because you have a record or whatever. You know, but that, that's really not not true. If, like I said already, if you, if you don't break the law and if you're polite to them, usually they're gonna be polite back.
2: But intent goes a long way in how they determine which way something's gonna go. If you're out there sneaking around and it's an hour after sunset and you're shooting ducks, well then yeah, you've got a problem. Right. But if If you don't know something or I'll give you a prime example is a state stamp endorsement on a a hunting license or the federal duck stamp. Sometimes a lot of these wardens will will give you a warning on something like that because you may or may not know. And I had a good friend who ended up getting a ticket from a warden in front of his kids for not having a state stamp endorsement when he had explained exactly what circumstances, you know, what kind of license he wanted, what the endorsements were he wanted, all of that. But it was his first time ever going duck hunting with his kids. And the person who sold him the license did it wrong. And he he said, man, you know, you sure you got everything? Oh, yeah, we got you there, partner. Well, that kid's still back doing whatever he does at this store. My buddy's out with his sons, and, and there was this one game warden just a hard, hard liner, wrote him a ticket, and I, I I talked to I think like four. I ended up talking to three or four game warden buddies of mine, and every one of them said no way. One guy said no, I don't I don't write on state endorsements because it just gets messed up too often. Another guy said no, I would never write a guy a ticket. I might give him a warning, but I'd never write him a ticket in front of his friend or in front of his children unless it was something really horrible. And, and All right. so nine times out of 10 it's attitude. That's going to get you a ticket as much as anything else. And if, if you're open and honest with them, they'll, they'll try to work with you. They'll try to help you. And, and cause they want everybody to enjoy and appreciate and, and participate in the outdoors. They're not trying to run anybody off unless you're out there trying to take advantage. Right. Right.
4: What I do for a living, I don't work for or Texas, but I'm, I work for a government entity, and we get to train with those guys periodically. Yeah, I bet. Or, or, or they stop by our station and and, uh, and and hang out just for a little bit. Like said, sure, they they are they're good. They're good people. They're, they're in it because uh, the best way to describe it to me, or in my opinion, is, is they're in it because they love what they do. Yeah, and, and it's not just a job to them, and and you can, you gotta admire that to a certain a certain level. Oh, well, sure.
2: That, and, well, a lot oh, of people. Okay, hey, thank you, Richard. I appreciate it, man.
4: How yeah, you keep up the good work? You yes, know. sir. All right, you got a great show.
2: Thanks, buddy. Yeah, that's Richard. Hey, man, if you think you're a bad caller, you don't. You've never heard a bad caller, man. I've had them over the years too. Woo wee. Oh, I've had some. That's something we should try to do. We should. Well, no. See that I don't want to. I don't ever want to pick on people. And and a lot of people think they're bad callers for whatever reasons, but no. If you, I appreciate the fact that you take a little time out of your morning to call and and talk to me, ask me a question, tell me how you feel about something, tell me your favorite outdoors movie. That's that's you taking time out of your day to help me do my job. A bad caller is uh, the only bad caller is the one we have where we have to push the red button. Where they get so excited and so so enthusiastic about something, or so mad about something, I've had a couple of them get angry and force us to push the red button. Over the year, twenty years, I'm, I could count them on one hand. But yeah, every now and then, somebody a slip of the tongue that we can't afford on the on the radio, so we have to push the red button. And most of you would be none the wiser that we have. It's fun what I do, and I don't. I don't take myself too seriously. Hey, I'm. I get to come down here on Saturday and Sunday mornings and talk about fishing and hunting and golf. That's not really. I'm not cure. I tell all my producers when they come in, new producers. They're all nervous. Oh my gosh, how's this going to work? How's this got going to be to work with? I tell them. Look, what did I tell you, Mike? We're not curing any diseases, right? Yep. We're not curing anything. We're not solving world peace. We're just trying to have a good time and talk about things we love to do. So that's what we do. We're going to take a little break now. That's something we have to do pay the bills around here. And a good, pl- boy, you talk about a nice one to walk right into Black Horse Golf Club. Look outside, take a look around. Well, at least from where I'm looking, I have a northward view. I've got due north to about maybe, oh, Well, not much, not even over to Northwest, but it's a straight north view, and there's not a cloud in my sight sight line. Probably going to be a pretty good day to play a little golf, and Black Horse would be a good place to go play it. They're on Fry Road, just a little ways south of 290. All you got to do is go out Fry Road or go out 290 to Fry Road, take a south, go about two miles. There you'll find the entrance. You'll be surrounded by golf course from the moment you walk, drive through the gates. Go into the pro shop. They'll find nice people there to help you get ready to play. Go down to the grill. Grab yourself a breakfast taco. Pretty good. And then work your way around the golf course. There'll be somebody out there to keep you fed and watered as well. And when you come back, there's probably going to be somebody standing there to help wipe the bad shots off your clubs. Whether it's just you and a buddy or you've got a big group that needs to raise a lot of money for charity, Black Horse Golf Club will take care of you. To find out more, very simple go to blackhorsegolfclub.com that's blackhorsegolfclub.com we'll take a little break here be right back Bob you're first up when we get there
1: this is sports talk 790 the Houston sports fan on air and on Facebook I
4: contact.
1: back to the Doug Pike show
2: 836 on sports talk 790 good day to fly a kite probably if you like a northeast wind. It never was my favorite. It's blowing right across the bay. Uh, it kind of, there's enough east in it, I think, that's going to mess up the beach. If, if, if it were that time of year, just not so great. But nonetheless, a beautiful day, uh, relatively cloud free and a uh, nice temperature. I think we're going to see a nice one here. We've got three days coming though. I think it's Tuesday, Wednesday. Maybe it starts tomorrow. I don't know. 50% chance of rain. For four straight days. Now, bear in mind, as the golf course people will tell you, a 50% chance of rain is also a 50% chance of dry. So, adjust your plans accordingly. What's up, Bob? Well, good morning, Doug. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Thank you.
5: Well, I've got a couple things you hit on today, and I really enjoyed. But my favorite movie was Jeremiah Johnson, which already been mentioned. Sure, you bet. And I'm going to bring up, you know, I'll probably show my age here. I used to love The Yearling. Oh, yeah. You probably, okay. Do you remember that? or Vaguely. That old Vaguely. Vaguely. <laughs> Jody it was a kid that had a pond deer, and it was just really pretty good. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, on the game warden deal, you know, I fish Lake Houston a lot. Right. And yep. they checked me one or two times several years ago. Now they see me, they just wave. Sure. Because, yeah, because they, they're not there to harass you like there are some states that are like that, mm-hmm. but we're not one. We've got probably got the best group of um, game wardens I've ever seen in my life. But that's what I want to say, you know, I, I just really enjoy your show like everybody does. Appreciate you being there. Well, thank you, man. I'm getting ready to go into church here, so you have a good day.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you.
5: Oh, oh, one other thing yes. real quick. You said Black Horse, where they wipe your clothes off and get the bad shots off. Yeah. I
2: wouldn't have any grooves left in my club. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you take care, buddy. All right, man. Audio. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah, if they wipe all the bad shots off of mine, i will just be left with a stick. Mm-mm-mm. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Golly. I am looking at a story <clears throat> sent to me just now by Rudy. Rudy finds all kinds of great stories. <clears throat> Forgive my voice too. I don't know what's going on. I'm a little froggy this morning. Peta, <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> Peta faces backlash. It says here uh, after criticizing the late crocodile hunter Steve Irwin on his birthday. What they do is get headlines for themselves, and it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Peta sends out a Twitter. Uh No, it says Steve Irwin was killed while harassing a ray. Dangled his baby while feeding a crocodile, wrestled wild animals who were minding their own business. Since the day, uh, wild animals are tired to be left alone. Hey, hey, PETA, why don't you do something for animals? Just do something for animals instead of doing things against people who devote their lives to conservation and to understanding animals more. Stop it, just stop it. PETA and its headline grabbing foolishness. I'm just. I get really fed up with an an organization that is so successful at squeezing money out of people. By telling them it's going to do one thing, and then these people aren't smart enough or aren't thorough enough or aren't aware enough to realize that they are being duped, just absolutely duped into feeding a beast that wants nothing more than for all of us to quit owning pets to quit hunting and fishing, to quit, and, and by the way, just working with a renewable resource here. They want to let just let nature be alone, let the animals do what they want to do. That's fine, PETA. But why don't you explain where all of us are going to live then? Because that would mean we, we certainly wouldn't want to build any more homes because that's encroaching on their habitat.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And PETA, where do you live? Do you just live in a tent somewhere? Did you, did you build a, a lean-to out in the woods somewhere where you live? Are you self-sustaining? And if so, how in the world are you doing that? I suspect that if you were to peel back a few layers of PETA, you would find some More than one person who enjoys a big fat ribeye. You would find more than one person who likes the leather seats in their fancy car. Man, they get under my skin. They really do. There are a dozen groups or more like them in this country of ours as well that are not anywhere in any way, shape, or form for animals. What they are is against animals consumptive outdoor recreation they're against pet ownership they're against anything to do with animals that involves us having any control over animals and i get just about sick and tired of them trying to tell us how to manage wildlife when they don't have any solution whatsoever they just don't want us doing anything just get out of the way let let nature take its course We've had that discussion way too many times. I'm not going to bore anybody with it. Let me go talk to Mike real quick, then we'll take a break. What's up, Mike? Hey, uh, Doug. I said, hey, Mike.
6: <laughs> so, hey, Doug. Uh, hey, I appreciate seeing you yesterday and all that. Yes, sir. Uh, I got a couple things real quick. Uh, the game warden's man, I'm with you. Both of us got checked many sure. times. And like and like Bob just said, a uh, couple, you know, David Bird and Andy Perez are yep. our state boys out there. And uh, just like he said, after they checked just once or twice, they checked the hunters. But mm. David told me one time, he said, I've probably torn your license up, unfolding it and folding it back so many times. <laughs> and so I got checked the very last weekend of duck season this year. I was hunting with Corey. Oh, wow. And we got checked. And uh, man, these guys, these two guys, I've never met them, and they were just as nice. Mm-hmm. And polite. And, uh, you know, they. I think Corey and John is John uh, Chisholm, they're first name basis with those guys, just like sure. you and I were with David and Andy. Mm-hmm. Okay, switch over to the hearing protection. Yeah. I actually started using the phone plugs before Jack was using anything. Wow. However, later in my career, I already had a problem at that point. I wasn't using them preventative. I was using them post-preventative. Yeah. So to keep it really I had worse. Already, I've already, yeah. I had mm-hmm. already had a, a, de- a definite issue with my left ear. Okay. However, Jack, uh, in the last uh, three or four years, talked me into uh, going to the electronic ones. Like yeah. you said before, when you were talking about them, I love them. Mm-hmm. And they are very
2: inexpensive now. Yeah, you can get decent hearing protection for not a whole lot of money. You really can. It, there's yeah. no excuse in the world not to have that. Yeah. And like you say, they enhance mm-hmm.
6: all of the other sounds. Yep. The deer walking through the woods, uh, birds whistling, the wings whistling. Wife uh, calling uh, you to
2: do a chore. Yeah. you got to turn them down at the house. <laughs> No, not that one.
6: (laughs) Mine, mine. I got the space one that shut off on that. It's the
2: the selective hearing model. Yeah, that's a fancy one. (laughs) Never mind. But anyway, yeah,
6: that's a great. And I try to tell everybody. I got a nephew coming up now, and I cannot believe how many shows that I see where all these young people are hunting. Yeah, it's good. And they're side by side in layout blinds, or they're in a stand up blind, but they're side by side. And not one of them has
2: hearing protection. I know. Yeah, it drives me crazy. It drives well, me crazy. Anyway. There's no, There's no excuse for that. There's really not. Not anymore. Mm-mm. No, not no. that we know what we know now. Yeah, buddy.
6: What? All right, bro. I'm sorry, what? Huh?
2: What? Yeah. Can't hear yeah. a thing. All right, Mike. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Okay, man. Talk to you later. You bet. Bye. Adios. Mike Willie. good friend. We're going to rekindle it. We're going to at least start talking more often. we got to. We've just got to. We can't let what happened to Jack happen to one of us. None of us wants that to happen. We're going to do it hunting Jack's honor. I think hopefully we'll do it annually. Maybe who knows? The way we used to hunt, it, well, we're not as tough. Not a one of us as tough as we used to be. Uh, but if we were, if we were having to make plans like this in somebody else's honor twenty years ago, we'd have probably just said, you know what? Why don't we just hunt every day in December in his honor? And we could have pulled it off. We were we were tough enough then. We'll be lucky if we can all get into one field at one time together. Just once. None of us has a backache or none of us is a little too cold or a little too hot. Mm. Rick, I, I need to ask you to hang on. I'm running really late here. I, I need to tell people about Fishing Tackle Unlimited too. The, they and Shimano, the best fishing partners you can have, as I've been telling you for many, many years now. And I, I still believe that. All that new Shimano gear keeps coming in. It's been, it's been vetted out for years. They have, People who get paid to test fishing tackle, I still don't know how you get that job. Nobody will tell me. But if you're part of that team, thank you for doing that, because what comes into the shelves and is offered by Shimano always is up to snuff and ready to go, In even in this environment where we just kind of try to tear it up and it doesn't get torn up. The new Corado, the one that you can't backlash, is is something to behold. You need to go check that out. All of Shimano's latest, plus everything else from everybody else who makes anything good for fishing around here, is at Fishing Tackle Unlimited. Now, they're closed today, okay? They're closed on Sunday, but you can check them out online or you can go by the stores tomorrow. I-45 south at Fuquay, I-10 between Beltway 8 and Gessner, and 59 south at Sugar Creek Boulevard. FishingTackleUnlimited.com is the website. FTU and Shimano, FTU and Shimano still the best fishing partners you can have. We'll take a little break here. Be right back. The Doug Pike Show on Sports Talk 790.
1: This is Sports Talk 790. Breaking sports news on Facebook 24 7. We'll get that information to them. This is The Doug Pike Show.
2: 52 on Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Thanks for listening. How come nobody said Jaws? Great fishing movie. That's pretty cool. That's a good one. We gotta go back to the phones though, see what's on Rick's mind, then we'll get to Ed. What's up, Rick?
7: Hey man, Jaws is a great movie. Yeah. Hey, uh, I just I got a question about <clears throat> our friends, our game wardens. Sure. Uh, they do a great job. But I've got a A question I'm going to throw out to your listeners and and see if they know the answer. I've been given a couple of different answers to it, but let me give you this scenario. All right. Let's say you're at the deer lease, and there's a cattle guard with no gate. Okay. And your deer camp is 300 yards off of the road, and for whatever reason, the game warden gets a call, or he just wants to check on things, the question is, why will he not drive in and instead walk in and get within 10 or 15 feet of you before he identifies himself? Hmm. Now, remember, some are good guys, some are bad guys, and everybody's got a gun, you oh, have sure. to assume. Yep. But... I would like to throw that out. Maybe we can get a game warden and answer that. I've been given some answers, but think about that. How many times have you been walked up on? I have. Sure. Uh, fortunately, I've never done anything illegal and Got right. any trouble. But they tend to do that, whether it's day or night. I'm always amazed that they walk in instead of drive in. I just I'm... want to throw that out and if right. anybody wants to discuss that.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll get on to it. I'll get on to it in just a second, Rick. Thanks, man. All right, see All right, you buddy. buddy. Uh safe travels. I think I have an idea and I'll get to it. I want to check with Ed real quick here and then I'll I'll follow back up with that. What's up, Ed?
7: Uh we're safe, buddy. We've got sixteen so far. Golly, good for you. Square bills and uh, rattle traps. You know, I just lost one, as a matter of fact, on a worm when your producer picked up the phone. Oh, sorry to, about that. You either
2: hook the fish or <laughs> you hook the fish or drop the phone. Well, if you got 15 already, that's not bad. <laughs> no,
7: but it's a beautiful morning. But, you know, I got to give you a little fishing envy.
2: Sure. Holy cow. What you're up to so far?
7: Uh, biggest is 18 inches. That's okay. That's so so a good a solid miles.
2: fish. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty anyway. chunky up there. They tend to be, don't they?
7: Well, you know, so far, so good. You know how that yeah. goes. I'll shoot you an email right. with some pictures. Yeah, please. Thanks, Ed. All right,
2: brother. All right. Adios. They just had to rub it in, didn't they? Just had to rub it in. Yeah, we got 15 so far. What is it? Not even 9 o'clock. That's pretty solid. Catch a fish every 10 minutes or so. What do you figure? They've been fishing almost 9? Well, no, they've been only fishing maybe two, 2, and a half hours. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Square bill crankbaits. Yeah, I got one of those tied on my line. So does my son right now. That's what we used a couple of days ago to go wear them out at a little lake we've got access to. So let me go back to Rick Bice for a minute and his uh, wondering why game wardens walk in rather than drive in. I think that is all about uh, maintaining control of a situation and not letting people know when they're walking into an unknown, a totally unknown situation they kind of need the element of surprise. They, as you mentioned, Rick, and and I know you're not going to be out there busting laws and doing bad things, but a lot of people do. And as you mentioned, this guy is getting out of his truck and walking in 300 yards rather than drive up. If you're driving down a Caliche road, everybody within 200 yards knows you're coming. And so if there is evidence around there of foul play you got a couple of carcasses there, deer carcasses with no tags on them. You got whatever lined up in there. You've got a, a zebra, a giraffe, and an elephant hanging from a tree. then then that man or woman who's coming in there needs to get there and see all that and document all that before you've got a chance to make it go away. And I think that's why they are trained to slip up on you. If you watch, you watch Lone Star Law, you watch Northwoods Law, any of the game warden programs, they'll do that quite a bit. They'll park and walk rather than just drive in, honking the horn and announcing that they're coming because they, if they. Sus-
0: okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
3: A laundry. Ooh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire,
0: huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Expect that there might be a violation going on, and somebody's either made a call or, for whatever reasons... The game warden just wants to stay in control of the situation. They don't want to be found out. They don't want to be seen. You just have to go in there. You just have to slink in there quietly, tippy-toe down the road, and just say, hey, state game warden, and let them talk. And then welcome them in. Say, glad to see you. Boy, you're pretty good at that. I watched game wardens walk across that marsh on the east side of town Many times, and over long, long distances, ask, ask old Shannon Tompkins if you ever run into him, and how many times game wardens just appeared out of nowhere. You'd feel like you're hunting in the middle of nowhere. There, No row within miles, no, no easy way to get in. And here would come a couple of game wardens in hip boots, just muddy up to their knees, having walked all that ground instead of coming in in an airboat or an ATV or something like that, where people who were doing something wrong could hide, could hide the evidence. So it's, it's about uncovering and documenting infractions. Now, if they get in there and there's nothing wrong, as, as has been the case with you all these times, fine. They'll shake your hand and walk on back out. Offer them a ride out. Why not? Hey, if you need a ride, that's a long walk back to your truck. I'll give you a ride. Come on, hop in the ATV that's just the way it goes. That's what they're doing. I think that's what they're trained to do. That's why they're doing it that way. And they're doggone good at what they do. As you well know, Rick, as you, and all of you know, if you don't like game wardens, it's only because you don't want to get caught. And, and I know Rick doesn't dislike game wardens. He was just curious about how this happens. Yeah, if you don't like game wardens, you probably got something you don't want them to find. Well, Anytime I'm out there, they see me, they can come check me pat me down look at my license look at my stamps. Well that's old school isn't it My stamp now the the federal duck stamp the first federal duck stamp I bought cost I don't remember exactly how much but it I want to say it was maybe seven dollars and50 cents if that now it's what a million dollars. It's crazy how much it costs to hunt and fish but for what you get for the value you get for a hunting and fishing license what the oppor- the opportunities it provides it's one of the best entertainment values ever of uh, hunting and and it promotes the conservation of all these animals we like in the state of texas the ones we hunt and the ones we don't hunt don't fool yourself every animal benefits from good comfort take a few shots today whether you want to shoot a rifle shoot your shotgun on the two sporting glaze courses go over to the pistol range whatever you want to do they can handle it maybe it's you and two or three guys maybe you've got a busload of people who want to come up and shoot Blackwood can accommodate you. They can accommodate you. Jeff Bearden runs a place, owns the place. He is a hands-on owner. If he's not in his office, he may be on the back somewhere pushing a bulldozer through to make a new shooting lane on the sporting place course. He might be over working on the rifle range somewhere. He might be hauling ammo out of a truck and into the warehouse over there. Who knows? He's a, he's a pretty busy guy. If you run into him up there, tell him I said hello. They have the First Shots program from the NSSF going on all year, too. These are events that give people, as it says, their first shot, their introductions to the shooting sports. What a great way to learn in a controlled, safe environment how to handle and shoot a firearm. It's a lot of fun. Target shooting's a ton of fun. Hunting is a ton of fun. Or you could just learn to be a better defender of your castle. Not a bad idea to be able to protect yourself and your family if you need to. Blackwood Gun Club, 11400 FM 2854 in Conroe, about two miles west of I 45. On the way up there, it's on the south side of Conroe, too. 936 441 4040. Or go to blackwoodgunclub.com. That's blackwoodgunclub.com. We'll break, rejoin, be back.
1: This is the Doug Pike Show. Brought to you by Stubb Cycles, still rolling strong after 50 years. And by Fishing Tackle Unlimited and Shimano, the best fishing partners you can have. Now, here's Doug Pike.
2: Had to finish a response to an email just then. I'm back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking around. It's a nine o'clock hour. We'll get to golf in a second. I did want to mention that this email came in. I'm not going to say who it's from, but it's from someone who had a less than stellar experience with a game warden. There was uh, a guy's been hunting for years, um, forgot to fill out one particular part of something relative to a deer hunt. And, uh, this this game warden who checked him was uh, instead of saying hey you needed to fill out this line here also opted to give him a ticket that ended up costing him a lot of money and and there are you, you just have to understand there are going to be game wardens just like anybody else in any other profession who are going to be understanding and try to help you become a better follower of the rules. And there are game wardens who are going to just grab up the opportunity to write a ticket every chance they get. They are out there. Fortunately for all of us, they are few and far between. And we have to remember also that if, if you have, done something wrong then you may get a ticket you you have to know the rules or you may get a ticket most game wardens of what i'm looking at from what happened to this guy i don't believe that most game wardens would have written him up but i do want him to understand that had he remembered to fill out that particular line then none of that whatever could have happened. So don't don't necessarily blame the game warden. There was an opportunity there for it to go either way, and I wasn't there, so I don't know the circumstances. Sometimes it happens. Billy weighed in. I see all the electronic hearing protection, but is there a certain decibel level to get no less than? I'm sure all work to an extent, but is there a level that should be a minimum to look for? I'm not sure what the number is, but I suspect if you do five minutes of research, Billy, you can find that number and understand exactly what you're looking for. What you're looking for. Alan Wade in Legends of the Fall. That's one of his best outdoors movies. That's a pretty good one as well. 713-212-5790. Email me, Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Be happy to hear from you and share whatever you want to share with the group. Uh, That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Holy cow. Billy weighs in with a fun fact. Historically, the armies of the Mongolians, who were some of the fiercest fighters of all time, could fire 30 arrows in 30 seconds and off horseback while in a full-charging gallop. Historically, uh, yeah, historically or accurately. I don't know about firing arrows every second. I'm trying to even imagine that. Uh, Let's say that, let's call that folkloric. Top that off, they would be hanging them from the side of the horse. You've been watching too many movies, Billy. Been watching too many movies. Holy cow. He's messing with me. He must be. He must be. There were some fierce fighters back in those days, back when that was the only weapons they had. But man, oh, man, some of that stuff, no, an arrow a second? I don't know about that. On a galloping horse? mm, as, As seniors often say, I don't know about that. They say that on Saturday Night Live, too. It's pretty funny stuff, actually. 713-212-5790. Email me, Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Down in Mexico City, Dustin Johnson has found himself pretty comfortably ahead. I think that's that's a fair assessment of a four-shot lead. Going into the final round of the World Golf Championships Mexico City event, he had 16 under par through three rounds. Pretty salty. Rory McIlroy, the closest competitor to him at a distant 12 under par. And then you've got Patrick Cantlay, Sergio Garcia, Cameron Smith, and well, Cameron Smith, just those four. Yeah. And Patrick Reed. Did I mention him? Yeah. Reed Cantlay, Garcia, and Smith at nine under par. Seven shots off the lead of Dustin Johnson. The odds of them catching him, very slim very very slim. So we'll see how that one works out. Uh I'm trying to find anybody else's name who Tiger Woods by the way four-putted, I think it was yesterday on maybe 17 or something, kind of shot himself in the foot. He was he was poised to be way up there in the top 4, I think or maybe find him maybe even found himself a little higher than that, but kind of messed up. Now he is at 6 under par after shooting 70 yesterday. So uh, 10 shots off the lead. He'll finish out, but that's about all he'll do. Let's go check in with Michael real quick. What's up, Michael? Morning, Doug. Good show as always. Thank you, buddy. And a quick uh, thing before I go to my, what
6: I wanted, uh, did you see that sand trap shot that Woods hit? They uh, <laughs> said they want to put a, plaque in that sand trap now where he went out of the sand where he was buried and around the tree and put it within about 12 feet
2: i did see that yeah i saw a replay of it i didn't see it live but yeah that's one of those things that it it takes a, a tremendous combination of skill and imagination to pull off a shot like that and he he just absolutely nailed it yeah it was a, an amazing shot uh, anyway i just want to let
6: you know i just came back from my Annual dive trip that I take down to the Caymans every year. Oh, good for and, you! And I want to, if it's okay, I'm going to email you some photos. I Please took. do, yeah, I'd love to see some them. Some, some underwater photos. And uh, just a quick side, uh, we did a little spear fishing, and uh, pound for pound, I think amberjack has got to be the
2: strongest. Animal oh, on the holy! The earth. No question about it. That that sucker liked to tow me to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would. There's no way I'd shoot a big amberjack. How big a fish did you shoot? Uh, he ended up being forty-one pounds. Yeah, that's that's going to yeah. tow you around for a while. You're lucky yeah. he didn't just drag you to the bottom and tie you off to a rock. Yeah, he was quite Ooh. tasty too, by the way. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I anyway, uh, I, I'm going to shoot you
6: uh, about half a dozen or so photos. We yeah, took please some underwater photos. Uh, and and thanks for the last year. You gave me the tip on uh, the the camera setup I needed to do that with, and it's How been working that? out great.
2: I'm glad to hear it, man. Thank you, Michael. Sure, thank appreciate you. appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, bud. Uh huh. By the way, wow! A for, shooting a forty-one pound amberjack—that's as a diver. It's been a while since I've been in the water, honestly. But as a diver, that's that's one that you don't want to shoot uh, if there's anything that that thing that fish can tangle you up in. Just takes off if you you don't want to be tethered too tightly to the spear. You don't want to be yeah. You want to be able to get out of that jam because that fish is going to tow you straight down. Straight down and away. There have been some many a big fish shot by spear fishermen. And immediately thereafter, those fishermen had wished they had not pulled that trigger. Because they will drag you unmercifully. I know some guys got kind of beat around shooting fish down at the, uh, or out at the production platforms in the Gulf of Mexico. They go down there and shoot something really big and it'll drag them right back into that structure and bang them off the pipes a couple of times before they can get their bearings about them, when you're just floating in open water and just kind of suspended there, however many feet down you are from the surface and you fire at a fish that's got fins and muscles, all is, that's that's its defense right there. You stick it, and it's going to pull you around a little bit. It will pull you around. The Puerto Rico Open ongoing as well. I'll give you a quick update on that leaderboard while we're here on golf. Aaron Badley at 12 under par, Nate Lashley at 11, Martin Trainer at 10, Joey Garber, Martin Piller, Wyndham Clark, Johnson Wagner, DJ Trahan, all at nine under par. Those are not household names, as you were hearing on that other leaderboard, but they are professional golfers nonetheless and showing their talents by going down there and, and working that course over pretty good in Puerto Rico, Rio Grande. Puerto Rico. I've been to Puerto Rico. It's a cool place. I did some bill fishing down there years ago. A lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I visited a fort there that used to, that was that was the place. And it, it lets you know when you go through a, a facility like that, a, a, in, uh, a fortress would, overseeing the harbor, it was really pretty cool. And you think back to when they had their cannons all set up and ready to fire at an invading Navy. One thing that struck me was the the archways where the, the soldiers would have run through were much shorter than you would have to build them today. The human race has just gotten taller and taller and taller. And back then, a big, tall dude uh, would fit clearly through those things. That, that's how they had to make them. And I, I had to duck to go through there, and I'm not exactly a towering presence anywhere I go. 713 212 Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. On the way out to this break, I will remind you about Mainland Tool down in Texas City, the, 40 years worth in Texas City, the place to go for the sales and rentals of tools, big tools, small tools, uh, protect, uh, protective gear, hearing protection, eye protection, fire-retardant clothing, it's all there. And one of the things I like most about them is that they also will service, they will repair the tools you own now. And a lot of places, sure, they'll buy or, or they'll sell you something or rent you something, but if you bring something that's broken to them, they don't want any part of it. At Mainland Tools, they'll fix it for you. And they work with distributors who can help come up with a solution to any problem you have at your place. You've got a lot of employees, but you don't have the right tools. They will work with their people to come up with a solution for your job so you can use your manpower and their hardware. Pretty simple. Or if it's just something simple you want to do, like maybe run a chainsaw to clear a little path in a place you own out in the country somewhere, or you're trying to put in a food plot for next year's deer season, whatever it is, Mainland Tool can help you. 2830 Texas Avenue in Texas City, that's where they are. Or you can check them out online anytime at MainlandTool.com. That's MainlandTool.com. .com, 916. We'll take a little break.
1: This is Sports Talk 790. Facebook.com slash Sports Talk 790. Back to the Doug Pike Show.
2: Just looking at the TV during the break. Some footage of... Just devita- devastating storms running across the middle east, middle of the eastern part of the country, Tennessee and some other areas up there. It's horrible. Up on the far north, what caught my eye was a headline that said car falls into Frozen Lake. That was not from around here. That was way up north. And why, why these folks up there drive onto these lakes i understand i get it ice fishing that's great i just i still have a hard time wrapping my head around ice so thick that you can drive cars and trucks out on it drag shanties out there to go ice fishing who was i was talking to the guys from duluth trading company they've opened a store down off 45 in friendswood and i went down there just as at their invitation to go eat a cookie and see the store. Basically. I just, I saw the store. I didn't eat the cookie. I'm trying to watch my, my figure. And I walked through the store and was talking to them. And there were the person who had invited me. It was, was visiting from New York. There was another guy there who is actually has moved down here and he is glad to be a Texan. Believe me, he said, it's just too cold up where I'm from. And we got to talking a little bit about ice fishing. And, the consensus was amongst him and a couple of other people there that if you're ice fishing, there's probably going to be just a teeny bit of drinking going on. And, and I, I could certainly understand that. I could certainly understand that, but I don't know. There's an appeal to me a little bit to go do it just once and say, I did it. But then again, if it involves going out in the middle of a lake and sitting over a hole in the ice, and holding onto a little fishing rod that's about two and a half feet long—that, I well, I kind of get it. There's no sense having a, a seven-foot rod when you're fishing over a, a one-foot diameter hole in the ice. But man, oh man, this the whole the whole thing about being out there in sub-zero temperatures drives me crazy. I want to go back to this game warden thing before I, I'm gonna. I've got some golf stuff I want to talk about as well too. There was a great conversation on PGA Tour Network this morning about burnout. About kids being burned out, and I want to—I'm going to hammer that point a little bit as well. But going back to the the game warden stuff, Rick Bice called a little while ago and said, "Why do they walk in? Why do they tiptoe in?" Well, it is to 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 make sure that they that if there is something wrong going on, that the people who are doing the wrong don't have time to cover it all up. And uh, there's a, a case in point here from this a recent issue of the Game Warden Field Notes. The Liberty County game warden checking a local duck roost that he had received multiple tips regarding illegal hunting activity. He spots a pickup truck parked just beyond an entrance gate that leads to this pond. So he sets up surveillance nearby. In other words, he doesn't just drive his truck in there. He doesn't honk the horns and holler for guys to come out. He waits. He hears shots from the direction of the pond way past legal hunting hours. So he just waited there in the dark for these guys to walk back out. Contact made, citations issued for hunting ducks after hours with an unplugged shotgun. Civil restitution and charges for taking wood ducks illegally. You just can't, you can't do that. Now, if he's walking in there whistling and and stomping his feet, those kids or whoever they were, are throwing dead wood ducks as far as they can, walking out and telling him they were shooting at pigs, which is legal to do after dark in Texas. And there's no evidence to the contrary. So, yeah, most of that, if a game warden snuck up on you, the only reason here she snuck up on you is so that they would have an opportunity, if there's a violation, uh, to catch you and incite you for it, which you would have coming, which you would have coming. 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Just when I thought that, that nets were way long gone, and I guess they technically are out of most of Texas, but down along the Rio Grande River uh, not that long ago, Zapata County uh, game wardens responded to a tip about an illegal gillnet in the Rio Grande and wound up with 4,000 feet of monofilament gillnet that had all kinds of fish and turtles in it, by the way. And a lot of them they were able to release alive. A lot of them they were not. That is that is one of the most lethal killing machines you can put in the water is a monofilament gill net. The fish don't really see it unless it's just air clear water. And that's not where you would set your net anyway. But the fish don't see it. They swim into it. They die instantly. Well, not instantly, but they, they can't get away and ultimately they die. And I'm glad they got 4,000 feet of it out. I just wish they could get the rest that's out there floating around. Uh, we talked to Mike Holiday yesterday. He from Costa Del Mar Sunglasses. Mike Holiday said, Costa has got this program now, and I really like this. They are paying. I can't remember where exactly uh, these offshore gill net setters are. It's, it's an international agreement they've got with a company that instead of what what these fishermen used to do when their nets got torn up and beat up and whatnot is just cut them loose and drop them in the ocean. I just cut them loose and dropped them in the ocean. Didn't have to store them. Didn't do anything with them. Costa Del Mar is paying those fishermen to bring those old nets back. They buy the old net. They clean it up. They melt it down, and make little plastic pellets, and they turn those plastic pellets. Judy was boring. Hello. Then
1: Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
4: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
4: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Into frames for a a small line of Costa sunglasses that are part of this conservation program. I think it's great. They still put the same cool lenses in there. They still put that same great lens in there, only the the frame of these sunglasses is made from discarded fish nets. Pretty cool stuff. 713 212 5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Before I get to burnout, I wanted to mention again this thing with Tony Romo agreeing to play in the Byron Nelson tournament up there in Dallas, Dallas Fort Worth. Come on. What? What he's trying to prove, I don't know. He's not a professional golfer. He's never going to be a good professional golfer. And he's taking a spot from somebody who's trying to become a professional golfer, trying to establish a career as a professional golfer, and has everything to prove to himself, his family, and and his sponsors. Tony Romo is not going to end up playing on the Tour Champions. He's just not going to be that good. He's a good amateur golfer. No question about it. But the Byron Nelson and Tony Romo ought to be ashamed of themselves for doing this. It's, it's just nothing but a money grab. Nothing but a money grab on the part of the tournament and nothing but an ego stroke on the part of Tony Romo. We get it. You're a good golfer. Congratulations. You're really good. But you're not going to compete with PGA Tour pros, and you're not old enough to go try to compete with Tour Champions players. He's only 40. He's got nine years, I think it is, to go before he could ever go try to do that tour. So he's caught in the middle. His football career is long since gone. He's making a killing as a commentator on football games. And, and why can't that be enough? Go play against Michael Jordan. Get some big bets from him. I hear that Michael is not as good as he thinks he is, Tony, so maybe you could maybe you could do that and then just tweet about it or something. But to take a spot from an aspiring tour professional, granted now that that aspiring tour professional nobody's ever heard of is not going to sell tickets like Tony Romo will? But Tony Romo maybe ought to just grow up and let the golfers be the golfers and let him do what he does very well, which is, which is talk about football. He's, he's brilliant. He's, he's really good. He's really good at reading what's going on on the field and then conveying that to the audience. Go do that. Tony But leave the golf to the golfers out with the old in with the new year. We're two months in now. We're almost, well, almost two months in. Rounding third, headed for home in February, certainly. And if you haven't looked back on this past hunting season, if you can't look back and say, yeah, my ATV was absolutely perfect, couldn't have have performed any better, then maybe it's time to go over to Stubbs and find yourself a new one. And if you can say it performed all that well, go get another one of those. Go get a second one from Stubbs Cycles. They're just a little ways north of Loop 610 South on Telephone Road. Very easy to find. Great lineup of Honda and Suzuki machines. All the configurations, all the power levels, and uh, plenty of used machines as well that undergo rigorous cosmetic and mechanic instruction, or inspection, he said correctly. Brain hiccup. All of that's waiting for you right there at Stub Cycles. And motorcycles, too. Motorcycles to the end of the world. When you get there, you'll understand what I'm talking about. If you have not seen the Stubb Cycles complex you'll understand that if you like motorcycles two wheels or four wheels if it's an atv or a motorcycle you're pretty much going to find it over there at stub cycles if you can't get there today i believe they are closed actually on sunday so why don't you just shop online today from the comfort of your own home shop online find what you want and then go pick it out tomorrow stubcycles.com that's the website stubcycles.com we'll take a break be right back
1: We are Sports Talk 790. Houston Sports, where you go with iHeartRadio. Now, now, get more Doug.
2: 935 on Sports Talk, 790 the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. Truly do appreciate that. See if I can hunt up a decent fun fact to know and tell. I've already talked about that one. Uh, oh, this is my favorite from this week. My favorite from this week is a guy who, up in Philadelphia, snatches a laptop. Forgive me if you heard this yesterday, but he grabs a guy's laptop and takes off running down the street. And he's running, and he's running, not very far apparently, at this point. And I guess it's the guy who got robbed, got got it stolen from whom it was stolen, who hollers, "Stop that guy!" Maybe the police are chasing him. I don't know. Whoever it is, but he runs past three people who are out doing something they do as part as members of a club that does this all the time, a running club, and they chased him right on down. I'm sure it was it was almost it was almost too easy for them probably as three members of a running club to chase down a guy carrying a laptop because he's already at a disadvantage carrying the laptop and my guess is that he's he's not dressed for a run he's dressed for thievery he's not dressed for a run hmm and he got caught by three people who are members of a running club. I just love that. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iheartmedia.com. One that I didn't get to yesterday that I, I find curious, and it makes me glad to not have to be out there amongst the single set these days. But apparently, some couples have started signing. Mike, have you heard of this? I'm going to bring you into this because you're kind of in this age group have you heard of a dating prenup? No. According according to this, that's where they lay out their demands for the relationship, what they want, what they don't want. And I guess uh, who gets to keep the Chipotle gift card if they break or up or, whatever. or what? I, I don't know. I don't know who would ever even think of doing that. That's just not far enough along. If you started dating, that's not the time to lay out your demands. I think you need to be putting your best foot forward and trying to woo and coo the person you want to be with for, and try to get to know them a little better before you start telling them what you want and don't
0: want. Yeah, it's good to let people know like what you want, but having a whole list like on the first Yeah, the
2: signing a prenup, first couple of dates, I don't think so. What I would say, yeah, okay, I only want one thing. I want you to go away. I just want you to go away because I'm not doing that. And I suppose that maybe for some people, laying all their cards out like that might make them feel better about uh, not wasting their time. But really, are you in that big a hurry? You You may run off somebody who could be a pretty good friend, who could be a pretty good person to date for a long time and maybe spend the rest of your life with. Who knows, just by being demanding, laying out your... Now, here's my demands. Why don't you write out your demands and we'll see if they mesh up. Nah. Nah, I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to move on. That, That won't work. Can't do that. Okay, I wanted to get into this burnout thing. I heard, again, on the PGA Tour Network on the way in this morning, a couple of guys, one of them a top 50 or 100 instructor and the other the host of this show, talking about young people and... And how many of them, and this goes for all the the youth sports, how many of these kids are winding up burned out young. They're winding up walking away from sports at which they showed great promise very young. But instead of their parents letting them just play a bunch of different sports, letting them find their way, seek their own level, of enjoyment and and stay with something because they really liked it. They pushed and pushed and they're hiring professional instruction at every turn, at every level. There are the in the in the golf world, there's a story I read a couple of months ago in one of the major magazines. I can't r- recall which one or I'd tell you, about a young woman who grew up in a fairly average American household. And they had enough money to keep her in golf, but not enough to shower her with attention and instruction. And they became – she's actually turned out really good because of her determination and her just – just her desire to be competitive. But at the younger tournaments, as a young teenager, they were – they were not succeeding. I say they, she and her family, she, the player and her family, the people helping her, they weren't doing as well as they wanted to because they, they would show up at these tournaments and there would be 13, 14 year old girls who had professional uh, psychology coaches. They had their swing instructor there. They had their, she said there were half a dozen of them at some of these tournaments who would show up with their own track man unit, which is a, machine, and I can't help but wonder how many of those kids, by the time they've done that every day, all day, every day, all day, and that's all they've done, you get to the end of your childhood, realize you're darn near an adult, and you haven't gone to a birthday party, and you haven't learned how to roller skate, and you haven't even learned how to ride a bicycle, but boy, can you hit a golf ball. Maybe that's enough for them. Hey, I'm, I'm the best 14, 15, 16-year-old With the
3: Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about
2: anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get
2: lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
1: Play for free at
3: LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There
2: is. So I'm going to try something else now. It's happened to friends of mine. I've mentioned it before on the show. There was a young woman who was outstanding. Outstanding. In fact, I talked to somebody else, an outstanding softball player. This is a brand-new case. I talked to a guy just two weeks a week ago. I asked about his daughter. I hadn't seen the guy in years. Hey, man, how's your daughter doing? She's a pretty good softball player, right? Yep, she really was, but she's totally walked away from softball now, and it's all volleyball, all volleyball. This this young woman probably could have been a scholarship softball player. A lot of investment in her as a softball player. Now she's turned to volleyball, and because she's athletic, she'll probably end up getting a scholarship for volleyball, too because she's that competitive and that skilled as just an overall athlete. So you parents who are investing loads and loads in one sport, putting all your eggs in that one basket for your kids, whether it's golf, baseball, football, basketball, tennis, whatever it is, just remember that at some point between now and then, whenever then comes, they may want to change sports. They may want to walk away from sports altogether if you push them too hard to do one thing all the time. The orthopedist with whom I've talked and with whom some of my friends who have had their son's arms kind of overdone in baseball, the orthopedists say you should take at least three months off, three months off baseball every year. Just don't throw a baseball for three months to let, your, to let everything heal up, to let everything get back to normal. And during those three months, go play another sport. Go play another sport, but don't make it cricket where you're just going to be throwing something again, throwing a ball again. Go play basketball. Go run track. Go play soccer, but let your arm rest for three months. And I guarantee you there are people listening to this show right now whose, whose sons play baseball year-round. Ah, it's not going to hurt them at all. A pretty smart guy, an orthopedic surgeon, who whose son was on one of the teams i coached a couple of years ago and my wife relays this story to me uh this guy's pretty well respected in town pretty smart doctor and he told her he said you know these kids only have so many throws in their arms there's only so many times it's going to work and if they use them all up too soon they're going to be done you have to pace it you have to Pamper that arm, and you have to rest that arm, not for two days, three days, four days, but rest it for three months in the offseason. There should be an offseason in baseball. And down here, unfortunately, it stays relatively warm enough. Baseball and golf year-round. Same with the golf muscles. Take a little time off of golf. It's great that your 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old is playing in these high-end tournaments and shooting great scores on 2,900-yard, 3,000-yard courses. But, man, give them a chance to go do something else for a little while. Give them a chance to make some friends, have some fun, play some basketball. It'll make them better. It will we'll develop them better. Here I am on a soapbox again. i got to stop. Let's pause. Let them have some fun. And you go have some fun with them. Get out there and mix it up with them a little bit. My son is is, man, he is so close to beating me regularly at ping pong. And that's killing me. He is so close, too, to beating me at golf. He's probably, mm, on a on a hot shooting day, even though I'm at least a foot taller than he is and can still out-rebound him, uh, on the right day, he could probably beat me at one-on-one basketball. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. I can't let him know that he can. He's got headphones on. He can't hear me right now. Belleville Meat Market, a great place to go if you need something for your backyard cooking needs. Boy, wouldn't this be a nice day to throw something on the grill. Mm. I may have to run out there. Belleville Meat Market, where you're going to find two dozen flavors of premium sausage. You'll find award-winning pecan smoked barbecue. You will find cheeses, spices, all of the things that you love to put on the grill. Beef, chicken, and pork to your heart's content. You want three-inch thick ribeye? Sure, okay, we'll cut you a three-inch ribeye, no problem. You better fire that grill up pretty good, though, for that. They had the appetizers, too. They had the jalapeno peppers, the mushroom caps, stuffed with cheese, wrapped with bacon, the handmade tamales. It's all there at Belleville Meat Market. They're on Highway 36, about 15 minutes north of Seely, 15 minutes south of Hempstead, roughly. You go out there today, find yourself something you like, take a list with you of all the meats you want to take home. And then grab yourself a barbecue sandwich. Eat it out on the patio. This will be a great patio lunch day at Belleville Meat Market, I can assure you. If you can't get there, I understand. If you live a little farther away, if you can't get there, go online. Find something you like and have it sent right to your door. Watch out for it. Boy, that has got Belleville Meat Market written on the side. You better watch for those Porch Pirates, man. They will be on that pretty quick. Bellevillemeatmarket.com is the website. Check them out there, bellevillemeatmarket.com. We'll break, come back, and wrap it up, 948.
3: 790.
2: This is Sports
1: Talk 790. Houston Sports Online. That's sports790.com. Back. Back to the Doug Pike Show.
2: is brother. bob Elliott just walked in here he said holy cow i hadn't seen your son in a while he's already 11 yeah man he is 11 years old and five feet tall and living the dream i guess got an interesting email from from uh, jim i just sent him a reply by email it said i'm now retired will return to fishing after 30 years could you please suggest what lures for bass reds and specs? a lot has changed and you could help me get current. Thanks so much. Uh, what I what I replied, essentially, is that not as much has changed as you think. If you walk through a, a tackle store now, you'll see many lures that look exactly as they did or close to it 30 years ago. The lure industry has changed. There's, there's technical stuff that's been done, very subtle changes to lures uh, to make them more consistent, to make them... Run truer and and wiggle more and whatnot and they rattles are fairly new in the last thirty years, but mostly a, a crankbait still looks like a crankbait and a plastic worm still looks like a plastic worm. A lot depends on where he's going to fish, how often he's going to fish, how seriously how seriously he's going to take it. So, uh, I think the only the only real change is, and I and I mentioned it in the email is going to be sticker shock. When he walks into that tackle store, said, Yeah, I'll just I'll pick up one of those crankbaits. I remember them costing about a dollar ninety-five thirty years ago. Uh, you'd be hard pressed to find a two-dollar crankbait these days. You might find one for seven or eight or nine dollars. And it makes you kind of wonder how close you want to throw to that overhanging limb. How how tightly you want to cut it against that brush under there, how how much you want to throw that high dollar suspending bait around that oyster bed out there in the bay you don't want you don't want to lose too many seven or eight or ten dollar plugs and there are, are if you want to just jump on it if you've got unlimited funds sorry about that this microphone thing is a little bit squeaky. you have a, a deep wallet you can dive into ten and twelve and fourteen dollar lures these days oh oh how hard is that? It is tough, but you can find quality tackle. You go into any of the big stores and you can find good lures that are affordable and serviceable plenty, plenty. I just, I can't, I have a really hard time justifying 7 and $8 spinnerbaits for whatever reasons. It's just, that's just me. And I know they're good spinner baits. There's no question about it, but I prefer, I tend to prefer smaller spinnerbaits anyway. Uh, I never really got into, there was a guy, what was his name? I'm looking right at him now, and I can't call his name, but one of the pros up on Lake Conroe many, many years ago, and he tried to convince me to throw three-quarter and one-ounce spinner baits for bass, and I just couldn't do it. It was like throwing a basketball on the end of the line. Big old lumbering blades, boom, boom, boom. It was like the propeller off the Titanic down there underneath the water. And he caught fish on them. He caught fish on them, make no doubt about it. No question, but I, I just I couldn't get excited about doing that. I had to do it a different way. To each his own, when you go through the tackle store, bear in mind that every lure in there will catch fish if you throw it in front of the hung, a hungry enough fish. So don't think that there's something in there that's not there for a reason. They'll all catch fish. But what they've got to do is appeal to you. It's very important that the lure you have tied on your line is one in which you have confidence. Because if you don't have confidence in that lure, you won't work it the way you should, you won't stick with it long enough, and you'll end up spending more time tying knots, and nobody ever caught a fish while they were tying a knot, unless they had more than one rod out. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. It's so simple. And we try to to complicate things by having formulas and analytics and And a tackle box the size of a Foot Locker just for an afternoon trip, I'm I'm as bad about that as anybody. I'll be the first to admit it. I carry enough stuff to fish for a month when I go out to fish for two hours with my son in the afternoons. I could do it with a little bitty box. I could, but I won't. And I don't know why. I'm just obsessed with having enough stuff. And you can't have too much fishing tackle. You can't have too many golf clubs. You can't have too many guns. You can't have too many uh, sets of camo clothing because you never know when you're going to be going, where you're going to be going, or what you're going to need. Hey, listen to 50 Plus this afternoon, if you don't mind, or this morning at 11 on KPRC, and then this afternoon at 4 on KTRH. I'd appreciate that. I think you might learn something. Got another pretty good one there. One more time, a reminder that... um. As I mentioned last week and, and early in the program here, uh, this one's to my buddy Jack Horseman. I lost him on, well, we fa- found out about it just a few days ago, but uh, he passed away on Valentine's Day. So next time I catch a speckled trout, that'll be for Jack. Next time I make a birdie, that'll be for Jack. With
3: lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom?